Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rethinking Rehab with Dr. Shane Smith. I'm a licensed physical therapist practicing out of Naples, Florida. Have been happily doing so my entire career as of nine years upcoming soon. Uh, my practice's anniversary of establishment is around the corner as well. Uh, just another month or two away, and I hit the... Uh, to the five-year mark, which is quite a wonderful step to make. Uh, my dad once told me early on before I started this practice that very, very few, I think it was under 15% of businesses last more than two years. So I'm really happy to be still grinding it out five years in, uh, growing, still learning more new things to help people get better, um, and just taking my passion for helping people to the highest level that I can. So Today I want to do another research rundown. I've been reading some neat stuff out there and one of the studies I just recently came across is a newer study. Um, I believe this is from 2021. It's in Chiropractic and Manual Therapists uh, Journal. Um, it is entitled Corticosteroid Injections or Dry Needling for Musculoskeletal Pain and Disability, a Systematic Review and Great Evidence Synthesis. So. Um, the authors of this study, of this review, tried to compile as many potential research studies out there comparing getting a cortisone injection to dry needling for different musculoskeletal issues, primarily all viewed via pain issues. Um, now, I will tell you this did not cover every kind of pathology. Um, this was actually mainly dealing with plantar fasciitis issues. Um, Two studies had plantar fasciitis as the problem looked at. One study had myofascial pain with headache symptoms. Two studies had lateral epicondylitis, uh, lateral elbow pain, and one study was lateral hip pain. Um, so there were six total studies that fit the, the requirements to look into this. And, and, you know, I thought the benefit of going over this research review or this research rundown is so many people, whether they be injured or working in the rehab community, see cortisone shots used all the time. And the first thing that really sparked my interest in this, minus obviously everyone's thought of, oh, I'll get an injection, everything's going to feel better afterwards, um, related to a patient that I had, I think about three years ago, uh, really, really cool guy. He was in his 80s at the time. He had done such incredible things in his life, very, very physically challenging with what he did in his life, which resulted in a lot of joint breakdown. Um, he, at the time of seeing me, had two artificial knees, one artificial ankle, and one artificial hip. And the joint problem he was dealing with was one of the two remaining joints he had not had replaced, which was his left hip. Background on this individual is a big time golfer. He loved golfing, spent hours at the driving range practicing, perfecting his craft. And one of the things he kept overdoing was he was doing a lateral shift too much. And what I'm talking about is if you stand in a golf stance and if you're a right-handed golfer, you follow through with your weight on your left foot. So you're kind of rotating back on your right foot for your backswing. As you come into contact the ball, you're pretty neutral over both your feet. And as your follow through goes through, your weight shifts and rotates on your left leg, which primarily affects that left hip and follow through. If you move too far to the left on that follow through, you irritate your hip. And that's what this patient did. He immediately went to see an orthopedic doc who immediately said, oh, bursitis, let's give you a cortisone injection. Um, 
the patient told me after getting the shot, he felt better for about two to three days, and then everything went downhill after that. So he had a slight reprieve of less pain felt, and then shit got real. Um, walking got really painful, any rotation at all, whereas before it was only minimally painful with rotation. Now it hurt like hell, like seven, eight out of 10 pain where he almost wanted his leg to give out because of how dif difficult it was to rotate on and how much it hurt. And the first thing he said to me the week after his initial visit, which was when this was all happening, starting to get worse, he says to me, what the hell did that doctor do to me? And I said to him, not really thinking much of it, well, he just gave you a cortisone shot. It should have just helped with inflammation a little bit and that should have been it. Well, he then placed a article on my desk for me to read, and it was all about the breakdown joints have with steroids. And he was furious that he let this doctor do this to him, knowing that he should not have done it. But hindsight's 2020, of the, as they say. Joint didn't get much better after that, still stayed very painful. And in his mind, the cortisone had destroyed what remaining cartilage he had left in his joint, and he further proceeded to get a hip replacement. Now story doesn't end bad. The gentleman did get back to golf. He's doing well now. Everything's fine. He just unfortunately had to get a left hip replacement much sooner than he initially wanted to due to getting a cortisone shot. And that story's always stuck with me. I've always told patients this story when they're dealing with pain and they're contemplating going down the road of corticosteroids. So when I saw this research article pop up and it had a great comparison of something that I do treatment-wise that I find very effective and very minimally bothersome to people, I thought against something that traditionally is used a lot, let's look to see what it says. Now, on first glance of this research, you'd say, well, this doesn't really say a whole hell of a lot for me. This really, in a nutshell, says that if you want a quick fix of pain relief, go get a steroid. If you want to have your pain issue corrected long term, go get dry needling. That's pretty much what the nuts and bolts of this article say. Short to medium term results were better slightly with corticosteroid injections. Long-term follow-up studies were slightly better with dry needling. Now, I still read through this article and it took me some readings through and diggings to kind of get to why are these findings the way they are. Um, and I will get to that uh, as we go along with this uh, podcast today. But one thing I wanted to touch on is a question that you may have right now. I hear people get steroid shots all the time. I've probably heard of somebody that got a steroid shot that really, really helped them get out of some bad, bad stuff. And you wouldn't be wrong with thinking that steroids do that. So what we'll find with corticosteroids is that they do have an improvement in inflammation. Um, they do manage and reduce inflammation, improve pain, and handle disability. The way that they do it is different. So the anti-inflammatory effects of a corticosteroid may be due to a down-regulation of pro-inflammatory cytokines and genes. So what the hell does that mean? So your body goes through tissue breakdown, tissue remodeling all the time. It's, it's a common process to keep ourselves the way that we are. When you work out, you cause breakdown, you cause pro-inflammatory changes. You need some inflammation for healing purposes. So don't always put the context with inflammation is bad. 
Some inflammation is good. It's too much inflammation that's bad. And I usually use alcohol as an example with this. If I go to the bar and have two beers, I'm good. If I go to the bar and have one martini, I'm good. If I go to the bar and take down eight beers or four martinis, too much of a good thing then becomes a bad thing. And you can kind of think about that same context when you're thinking about inflammation. So we need inflammation for healing, but too much of it will cause us to hurt a lot more. That's usually where you get that kind of throbbing pain, that deep, it, it flamey, hot feeling. That's all inflammatory. So in, the cortisone shot is helping this process, not by healing things, but by stopping the metabolic processes of the natural inflammatory healing process that need to take place to get you better. Thus, why short term, right after a shot, oh man, I feel like a million bucks. And then once that wears off and those processes, those inflammatory processes resume again, you then feel it all, okay? Now, corticosteroid injections may also cause some adverse events. So it's not just all, let's just put this metabolic activity on pause for a short period and then start up again. There's a consequence for doing this activity in our body. And the main adverse effects that have been seen is that it will slow that local inflammation like we talked about just before. It may ramp back up again for three days but you will also see, not only with this change in inflammation, but you will also see adrenal suppression. So your adrenal gland system gets suppressed by the steroids, as well as cartilage breakdown, which gets us back to our story about my golfer with his hip. You taking a steroid, especially an injectable steroid, right into a joint that's already arthritic will speed that arthritis up. I will repeat that. If you get a steroid injection into a joint, let's say your knee that you already know has arthritis breakdown in it, you will be speeding that process up. So you may feel better for a week, two weeks, maybe even a month. I mean, I hope that the, the medicine actually does give you some good out of it. But once that thing wears off and once the band-aid's fallen off the wound, you're going to see how nasty it is underneath. And that's the problem I have with steroids. Now, do I think... Steroids should be eliminated for musculoskeletal pain issues. Hell no. There is a group of individual that benefits immensely from a steroid shot. I'll give you an example of one of these situations that occurred. I had a patient a few years ago that was moving from, I think it was Philadelphia, I could be wrong, somewhere in Pittsburgh, or excuse me, somewhere in Pennsylvania, down to Naples. Her husband wasn't feeling well and she wanted to be the tough spouse and move all the boxes from their condo down to the truck. She told me she had to go up and down the stairs with boxes, I, I forget, at least a day or two the whole day working. Uh, needless to say, after all that physical labor us lifting, bending, carrying that she's totally not used to and then sitting in a car for two days to drive, not even her car, a moving truck no less, her back was beyond wrecked. It was so inflamed, she could hardly move at all, couldn't get, get out of bed easily without severe pain. We knew what caused it. She didn't have a history of severe arthritis in her back. We knew she overdid it with the constant moving, lifting, bending tasks that was out of her normal spectrum of life and thus inflamed everything in her back. She did get a steroid shot and she was good for a year or two after that. Now, that story is very different than the hip story. And the reason I say that is with the golfer, it was his mechanics of movement with golf, which if that doesn't get corrected, it's going to keep irritating the hip. 
as well as it was on an already broken down arthritic joint. So those two variables is why I wouldn't have recommended that individual to look at a steroid. I would have wanted to do different treatments on him. I would have looked at PRP shots. I would have looked at Synvisc, other lubricating agents for the joint as in terms of injections, not steroids, and then looking at modifying and changing his golf swing so he's not shifting to the left. With this second case I gave you, the woman's back pain, it was overuse. And if something's inflamed, overused, then that's not a bad scenario to look at doing that form of a treatment on. And it was beneficial for that person. Um, so when we look at adrenal suppression, that obviously is a scary thing of what does that mean? Adrenal suppression deals with your adrenal glands, which work on making different hormones. So when we look at the medulla, the center of your adrenals, which they primarily sit on top of your kidneys, those are responsible for epinephrine, norepinephrine, which are adrenaline-based hormones. When you get to the cortex, we're talking cortisol and cortisone. Those hormones are involved with metabolism and inflammation processes. So if you start injecting your body with a bunch of cortisone, it's causing anti-inflammatory metabolic changes to occur, which not only messes with your cartilage, but it will also suppress this whole glandular system from working properly. What will that do long term? Well, you can't expect your glandular system to work right if you're pumping hormones that do its job in your body. Most bodybuilders that take testosterone will deal with testicular shrinkage due to the fact that their hormones that they need for muscle growth are coming in a synthetic shot form. Therefore, the body says, why would we make this if we don't need to? That same kind of context happens with too many cortisone injections and your body's inability to produce the natural cortisone it needs for healing processes. So another reason not to go down that road. Um, now, when we look at the comparison, dry needling, uh, some soreness reported during and after treatment, mi minimal bruising potentially reported as well, but no severe joint damage, no severe hormonal changes, no major body changes that would result in something very bad, bad with this form of treatment. Thus, from a standpoint of I want to minimally affect my body in a negative sense, dry needling is a no questions the route to go over cortisone. Because as I said, you could have joint problems, you could have adrenal gland issues um, that could absolutely occur with just getting a cortisone shot, whether or not it helps the joint issue or not, or helps the pain issue or not. Those are definite possible side effects, as opposed to the alternative methodology, which is showing to have better long-term goals its side effect potential is substantially less. Now, quickly, the five studies, six studies they cover in this article that I kind of told you earlier has some positive impact on short, medium-term results, long-term results improved mainly with dry needling for plantar fasciitis, lateral epicondylitis, lateral hip pain, and myofascial pain with headaches. The number of total participants involved, 384. The number that got dry needled in these studies, 190. The number that got corticosteroid injections, 194. Average age, 49. Virtually all females. Now, to get quickly to the research, there were some fascinating things I found with what they did intervention-wise between these two, and I won't make this long since I drew out the beginning portion of this research rundown. When they did the dry needling, they primarily only did 
trigger point where they put it just in a knot area with potential pistoning. Now, all the other research I've read on dry needling with pistoning is not good. You may want to know what the hell is pistoning. That's when you put a needle in a muscle that gives you a little twitch and you keep jamming it in and out, in and out, in and out. And in the study regarding lateral epicondylitis, they did it 40 to 50 times in the tendon for about two minutes straight. Now, if that wouldn't cause severe pain, soreness, bruising, I don't know what would, um, as opposed to the steroids, which were primarily one injection, one time using a certain amount of medication, and that was it. Now, they also, in further studies here, did some what's referred to as periosteal pecking with the corticosteroid injection needle. So with the study regarding lateral epicondylitis, and this is from Uger, uh, ETAL, this had a steroid injection with periosteal pricking 20 to 30 times without taking the needle out. So another thing we can do with acupuncture needles is we can tap, 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 almost like I'm knocking on a door to a bone attachment site. And by doing this, it causes some slight bleeding to that area. And with the bleeding, you'll get increased healing properties with that blood that gets right near the tendon that's involved. It's very, very similar to a PRP shot. That's what they offer now for a couple thousand bucks. Same concept we can do virtually with the dry needling. Um, they did that with the corticosteroid injection for one of these cases. So some of the results are kind of biased in my opinion. I mean, they did do some mechanical stimulation with the needles, which is just twisting them once they're in. They left in some of the studies, they left the needles in for maybe 10 minutes, but none of them used electro. None of them used acupressure treatment site zones. It was all palpate trigger point hit a needle in there, stab it back and forth a bunch of times and see did it help or not. So some of the methodology used in this in terms of the dry needling assessment, I do not feel as is as good as it possibly could have been. It's not a fair comparison to use a medicated needle and also periosteal pec to get some uh, increased blood from that as opposed to the needling you don't even use electro for. So it's kind of like you're, you're taking one arm and the dry needlers back and saying, okay, do it with just one hand and you're letting, letting the other group do more than they should have been allowed to with the injections, which I think potentially skewed the results. Now, virtually everyone in both groups did get better. It's just a matter of how quickly you got better. Some of the groups with corticosteroid injections, like the uh, trochanteric pain syndrome, uh, this one, you actually saw an improvement short term with corticosteroids for about three weeks, and then at six weeks, their pain rating went up double again. Uh, dry needling after six weeks got better. Now, you have to get better by at least two notches on a pain scale, otherwise it's not considered enough statistical improvement, and many of these statistical changes were not too full grade difference, therefore, a lot of the results were not statistically significant in here. However, there were positive changes for most of the studies involved. Um, so what's the takeaway from this research is that both corticosteroids and dry needling have their place dealing with various injuries that have a higher pain rating with such as plantar fasciitis, lateral epicondylitis, lateral hip pain, or myofascial pain with headaches. However, corticosteroid injections typically are only going to help you in a short term to a moderate term if they help at all. 
and the long-term results of them are not good, whereas dry needling has much, much better long-term results with very, very minimal side effects associated with it. Therefore, my advice, dry needle. Don't use steroids unless you absolutely have to. Steroids are always there if you need them. The needle might be all that you need without the medicine in it. All right, that's all I got for today. Have a good one, everyone, and stay healthy.